Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, Dan, I'm here in Maryland weathering the storm of the century. We're going to die. Yeah, yeah, I, right. that's why you got to move to Florida. <laughs> I don't think it snowed in Florida outside of the panhandle, like, ever. I'm not sure. I read a story once that they, that uh, was probably a joke. I don't know where I saw it, but it snowed, what, like 30, 40 years ago? Some people are like, what is that white stuff? What is it? What is it? Ah! There's some white stuff falling out of the skies. It's shredded paper. Is it confetti? What is it? Man. It's great down here. It's like 91 today, so not the rub it uh, in, folks. Yeah. I did live in Maryland. I shoveled snow my whole life. All right, I got... um. Ton of stuff to talk about today. Today, I want to I want to do an, uh, what I feel to be an important show. Uh, I'm going to talk about some mail on yesterday's show and some questions I got about a great question, Joe. Why? Why? I made the point yesterday that Facebook is working in cahoots, I believe, and Twitter with the government to insulate themselves and to find a reason to alienate conservatives and get them off their platform. All right. And. Fairly enough, Joe, I got a, a number of, of solid, I love the emails that make me think. And people email me and said, I don't get it, Dan. Why would Facebook want to kick off 40, 50% of the people off their platform? It doesn't make sense. You know what? I didn't explain that well enough. It will make sense. Hmm. I'll explain that. And I want to make the case about why this may be a little controversial. So get ready for it. I want to make the case about why Trump needs to fire Bob Mueller now. Um, and I want to make a very methodical, reason, non-emotion-based case why Bob Mueller has to go right now. The Mueller investigation is out of control. So that and a lot more. Do not miss the show today. It's going to be an important one. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Freedom Project Academy. You know, we love these guys, especially with everything going on in our schools these days. College craziness, indoctrination on campus, these political walkouts and all this other stuff. America's schools are nothing like we remember growing up. We grew up in safety, and learning was more important than safe spaces and propaganda. And even though technology continues to offer new opportunities for learning, can we all agree that traditional moral values that were once woven into the fabric of the classroom are disappearing? It's sad to watch. That's why you need to consider Freedom Project Academy's fully accredited Judeo-Christian classical online school for kindergarten through high school. We're talking about an incredible interactive education where students attend live classes every day. With teachers and fellow classmates from across the country, it's a great, I love this place. I'm so glad to have them back as a sponsor. Freedom Project Academy doesn't accept a penny of government funding, which allows them to stay committed to things like teaching students how to think, not what to think. Families can enroll students full-time or start with a single class. It's entirely up to you. Go to freedomforschool.com and request your free information packet from Freedom Project Academy. Enrollment ends in July, but classes are filling up fast. That's freedomforschool.com. Website is freedomforschool.com. And don't forget to tell them the Dan Bongino show sent you. Freedomforschool.com. Freedomforschool.com. Okay. Uh, on yesterday's show. Great questions. Really appreciate them. Thank you very much. Um, why, right? Why would you do that? Why would you alienate half your audience? So just to kind of uh, backtrack a bit, the, the, what I was trying to tell you yesterday is this Cambridge Analytica case, which is the uh, you know the the media, the new media hysteria story, which broke over the weekend that the Trump and Ted Cruz teams use data analytics from Facebook to target voters. Uh, by the way, which Obama 
did the exact same thing. If you watch my NRA TV show last night, I played actual audio and video clips of Democrats celebrating the Obama team's efforts on Facebook to target <laughs> voters. But apparently when Trump does it, it's a, and, and Cruz, it's a major uh, controversy. Now, I credit Ted Cruz today for fighting back full force and being like, hey, this is what campaigns do. They market their campaigns to voters. Ah, it's not a big controversy. Whereas Joe did, Barney, that's the new Shaggy. <laughs> Joe is bringing up the Flintstones before the show. It's not a controversy. Why is it being made a controversy that Trump tried to target voters through Facebook? By the way, he didn't even use the tool during the general election. It was during the primary. Yeah, right. Because the government and Facebook want conservative silence. Not to redo yesterday's show, but it's important to set up the premise I'm going to go to now because it's critical. I, I neglected to tell you something. They want conservative silence ever since they lost the fairness doctrine on radio, which was their ability through terrestrial radio to silence conservative voices by mm -hmm. telling people you had to pre present a countervailing liberal opinion, which radio stations didn't want to do because nobody would listen. So they kept political talk off the radio ever since the fairness doctrine went away in the Reagan years. Liberals have been crying. Oh, my gosh. We have Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity. What are we going to do? Ah! So they are working with, I believe, with Facebook. Facebook clearly leans liberal. We've seen some of these exposed emails and uh, some of the uh, Carol Davidson stuff from the Obama campaign who revealed that the Obama campaign was doing some of the same thing. And Facebook knew about it using Facebook data to target voters. And what did Facebook say after the election? Hey, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Don't do it again. But we'll let this one pass. Right. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, Joe. So we're going to answer this question. Alienate 50% of the audience. Why would Facebook want to kick off 40% or so of their audience and piss them off in Twitter? Well, you can ask why, folks, all you want. But let me just start off by saying they're already doing it now. You know, I appreciate the emails, but you're assuming that these people, their only goal is business and profits. If, if that were the only goal, why would CNN and MSNBC do what they're doing with their liberal audience? Uh, I, I, that probably didn't make sense, right, Joe? Mm. I, I don't think I nailed that one there. If money-making was the only goal when it comes to the, you know, the, the production and sharing of content, right? Yeah. Why would CNN not take the Fox model, which is the 800 pound gorilla in the room? Fox. Now, CNN makes some money from some other stuff, too. I don't want they're not going broke or anything like that. But the money making and the eyeballs for advertisers are clearly with the Fox model right. catering to conservative audiences. So why does not MSNBC and CNN do the same thing? Because, folks, they're diehard leftists. You have newsrooms around the country that that bank left on every story that are laying off employees that are losing workers that you may say, well, I don't care because their commitment to leftism overrides their business common sense. The business model for success is not difficult. You've had very successful websites, the Daily Caller, um, Right-leaning websites, you these Fox News that that has uh, at least at, on the editorial side, right-leaning editorial content. I believe they have a pretty fair news side, a very fair news side. I mean, they just re-up with Shep Smith, who is not by any means a conservative. Fox is <laughs> Fox does it both way on the news side, right? Brett Baer is just down the middle as you get, but they don't want to do that. Now, I get it. Some of you say it doesn't explain it. Well, I've got more for you. 
Here's another reason Facebook and Twitter don't care about dumping 40, 50% of their audience who are conservatives and pissing them off. Folks, they need to avoid political pressure. Political pressure rarely, if ever, comes from the right. Why? Why? Think about this, Joe. Our inherent disadvantage in the tactical game, not Mm -hmm. in the liberty game, but in the tactical game, our inherent disadvantage is we dislike the power of government and don't use it. Conservatives, that is. There are still swampy Republicans who don't give a damn. Conservatives abhor, they cannot stand using the power of government as a cudgel. So if you're in government and you're defenestrating and disempowering yourself because you don't believe in the power of big government, why would anybody be afraid of you? It's like the king who's afraid of being a king. He's not going to say... Off with your head because he doesn't believe in the power of being king. Yes, that's a rare thing. That's why the conservative movement is such a rare thing throughout human history. As Lord Acton said, power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely. This is uh, that that's an axiom of truth. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's why I'm so impressed by real diehard libertarians and conservatives who get elected to government like Mike Lee and Rand Paul and don't get corrupted by the system. Everybody gets corrupted by the system. Folks, please, this is an important point I'm making here because it's bigger than just this Facebook story. Again, the question is, I don't get it, Dan. Why would Facebook work with the government to you, you know, find out ways to kick, uh, you know, in yesterday's show you were saying how hate crimes legislation is next. They're going to use hate crimes laws if they get the chance to kick conservatives off YouTube. They're already doing it now, by the way. They, they want the legislation so they can insulate themselves from lawsuits. They already want you off their platform. Ask Prager U, Dennis Prager's educational website that's had their uh, um, had their content um, demonetized. Ask Stephen Crowder, conservative commentator who uses comedy to get the point across, who's been kicked off YouTube for a week or two. Ask me. I've been banned from running ads on Twitter. The examples are everywhere. So I deeply appreciate your emails. They're very good, very inquisitive. But it's already happening. It's already there. All they want, the reason they're going to work with liberals in government who love to use the power of government to crush people is because they're afraid of them. Because the very essence of liberalism is abusing the power of government to hurt people. (laughs) They're not afraid of us. What are they afraid of? The conservative ethos is shrink government. Don't use it to hurt people. They're like, oh, you're not going to hurt us? Ah, double barrel middle finger for you guys. They don't care. They ignore us. They two reasons they ignore us. They hate us ideologically. They think we're a bunch of racist, homophobic, Islamophobic, phobophobic, istophobic, phobophobes. Any name in the book they can invent for us. Completely ridiculous, but they this is all they have because they're all married to identity politics. So they hate us, number one. Number two, they hate us and have no reason to fear us because they know we won't use government against them. Now, you may say, oh, well, Dan, maybe it's time we start using government against them. No, no, that was my argument yesterday. Don't fall prey to this. Because once we start to use government against them, the minute government, Joseph, changes hands into Democrats in the White House again, that same government we use is going to be turned 10,000 times back on us. We can't win with that approach. This is why we shrink the government no matter what. 
Even when we can use the government when we're in power to go after people going after us, we should never, ever, ever do it. Ever. That's what makes us principled and far-left liberals hacks. Okay, so again, you asked me why they would alienate 50% of the audience. Number one, profits are not their only incentive. These are ideological people. If they were, you wouldn't have newsrooms going out of business. They would convert over to a, a Daily Caller, Wall Street Journal, Fox News type, uh, you know, center to right-leaning type platform and make money. They're not interested in making money. They're interested in advancing an ideological viewpoint. The number two reason they don't care about alienating their audience Because political pressure for them and the power base is always on the left, even when they're not in power. Because when conservatives are in power, they don't use the government to hammer people. Again, I'm not talking about swampy Republicans. There are swamp rats out there who will do that. I'm talking about principled conservatives and libertarians. They're not afraid of us. So in order to avoid political pressure, power pressure from politics... They always have to cater to the, I put air quotes on this, Joe, the good side of regulation. They cater to the left. In other words, whatever the left wants, they'll do. The left wants hate crimes legislation. We better do it or they're going to come after us. They know the right won't support hate crimes legislation because the right has never supported that. We already have hate crimes, Joe. You know what they're called? Crimes. Yeah. I got news for you. Murder's still illegal. Republicans and conservatives have always been a hate of, afraid of a hate crimes legislation because you don't know what a hate crime is. What is a hate crime? Is that a discretionary thing? Does a hate crime become next that a you know a Christian baker doesn't want to bake a cake for a wedding? That's why the uh, Republicans and conservatives are afraid of this kind of stuff because it opens up the discretionary power of government. Here's another reason they don't care mm-hmm. about alienating fifty percent of their audience. Folks, there's some serious talk out there of them being regulated out of business. Now, I believe this is this is nonsense. I believe it's them, you know, hey, listen, Facebook, we're going to talk about wink, wink, breaking you guys up. And you're going to acquiesce to kicking these conservatives and libertarians off your platform. And I don't care what you use. Use fake news as an excuse. Use the fact that it's hate speech, whatever you got to do. But they don't want the Marbell effect. They don't want to be broken up. The telephone companies that were broken up, they don't want monopoly rules to come after them. They don't want Facebook to be broken up into, uh, I think they own Instagram now, right? What's up and these other apps. They don't want Facebook to be broken up into separate companies. Facebook understands. Facebook understands that this is largely a liberal phenomenon. The idea of using now again, uh, uh, there are Republicans who will do this too, but good conservatives don't believe in the intervention of government largely in the free market. So who are they afraid of? They're afraid of liberals. Now, this may sound counterintuitive. It's like, Dan, on one hand, you're saying they're ideological liberals, but they're afraid of liberals. This, there's nothing unusual about that at all. That happens everywhere with liberals. Liberals are evacuating the state of California and the state of New York, despite the fact that they voted in their own people because they're afraid. They're afraid of their future, their financial future, the cost of living's going up, their taxes are going up, and they genuinely don't like where they live. But they've been so gaslit into believing that it's not liberalism that does it, that they move along and vote Democrat where they go. 
They find whatever reason in the world to blame Republicans. I'm sure executives at Facebook are doing the same thing, and hence the attention of Donald Trump. No, Donald Trump did it. It's not the liberals coming after us. Trump did all of this. Mm. This is what gaslighting does when they isolate you from the truth. Yeah. So they're afraid of the political pressure because the liberals weaponize government. Conservatives won't. Second, they're afraid of being regulated out of business precisely by liberals. So they acquiesce to this liberal point. Hey, we'll get the conservatives. Just to be clear on this, we're talking about Facebook, Twitter, and these other people going after almost exclusively conservatives. And why? These are the reasons. Finally, this is an important one. They need liberals have largely are are winning the culture war. Now we're coming back and we're making big, big progress. And I think in the end, we may be successful here. I don't want to be totally macabre, but the liberals have gained some significant wins in the culture war. There's no question about that. The culture war right now, the de facto default good position is liberalism. The best way to explain this to you is I use this example a lot. I was sitting at home one night and I'm watching a Verizon ad. Mm-hmm. And I see Jamie Foxx come on advertising for Verizon. And I'm like, my gosh, this guy is a hugely controversial figure. Jamie Foxx, the actor. You're probably like, he is? The fact that you have to say he is shows you I'm right. Jamie Foxx came out after Quentin Tarantino, that horrible director, was attacking the cops and calling them horrible names after one of these use of force incidents. Jamie Foxx backed him up. Jamie Foxx, this guy, this makes him a hugely controversial figure. But he wasn't controversial because the position Jamie Foxx took was a left-leaning liberal position. Therefore, he's not controversial at all of Verizon because that's the default okay position. Yeah. Now, if Jamie Foxx were to come out tomorrow and say, hey, by the way, I support Donald Trump and I think this travel ban were effective, he would be PNG. Persona non grata with advertisers. He He would be on a list. You would never see him again. He would be banned from advertising anywhere because you can't support conservative causes because in the culture war, the de facto good position, Joseph, Mm -hmm. is the liberal one. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook and others make their money largely through advertising. They need to stay on the good side, dreaded air quotes again, the good side of the advertisers. And the good side is is always air towards the liberal, the far left liberal position. And who cares if you piss off conservatives? They'll stay on the platform anyway. You see what I'm saying here, Joe? They know they've got you because of crowd effects. They know you can't go anywhere else because, listen, for all the, you know, and I'm getting a lot of email. Can I just uh, for a second here? It's a little tangential, but it's still important. I'm getting a lot of emails from people, too. Dan, why don't you advertise this company? Why don't you advertise that company? Because they're a competitor this and that company. Listen, that's for you to decide. It's not for me to decide. I, I agree. There's great stuff going on out there. And there are people who are trying to develop alternatives to Facebook and to YouTube and to Twitter. But it's for the market to decide. I don't know these people. I don't know. I, I, I don't. One guy said to me, why aren't you? Da-? I was like, why aren't you dancing? Are you kidding me, dude? Do you have any idea what Joe and I go through behind the scenes? Yeah. Brother, I'm kidding. You better re- seriously reevaluate that email. You know how many opportunities and how many checks we had to turn away? Because we dance every day here. Give me a break, please. Those platforms are great. I don't know the people running them. 
If the market decides they're great, they're great. I believe in economic freedom. But my point in this is that Facebook understands that they need to stay in the good graces of advertisers, and they understand that even if they lose 10 to 20% of the conservatives, it's not worth losing all their advertising money if they were to change their de facto position to Trump isn't crazy. The de facto position in America right now is Trump is nuts, and if you say Trump is nuts, everything's okay. You say anything else, you are to be banned from the public space at all. They know that at least for now, you're not going anywhere, but... You may say, well, Dan, that sounds like really bad news. It's, and you may say, well, why aren't we all just in mass getting off? Uh, getting off the platforms, that is. Twitter and Facebook. Folks, I don't think right now it is the best idea. Now, again, you may email me, well, why? Why? I don't understand. Because that ideological space, where it is, which is run and dominated by leftists, leftist business models, and leftists who don't care about kicking us off, it's just like I explained the other day. This is important, Joe, with the Christian movies. Mm-hmm. There is the left a long time ago was absolutely determined to infiltrate our spaces, to break up the family, to break up the connection between values, big all rights, the churches and communities. They came into our spaces. They didn't say, hey, man, let's just cede the church and the family to the right. Because, they, you know what, that's dominated by conservative, a conservative worldview. The left goes on to their opponent's battlefield and takes the space. Staying on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, despite the relentless assault by liberals that run these places, and moving mm-hmm. into Hollywood and owning their space, that's the way we fight back. It's a 30-front battle. You make them not only think, folks, you know what? I've been boxing since I'm 16 years old. That's probably why I'm half punchy half the time. My nose is a train wreck and my hands are all broken, right? I love boxing. But there's two pieces of advice I got in boxing that I never forgot. One, the best punch in the world is the one your opponent never sees coming. (laughs) <laughs> That's it. It is. Well, people, what's the best punch? Is it an uppercut to the body? Is it a combo? Is it the jab? What's the best punch? I go, the one the other guy never saw coming. That's the best punch. Whatever he's thinking, do something else. The second piece of advice I got is the best defense is a good offense. That's why I'm obsessed with conditioning when it comes to fight sports. Because the reason people in boxing stop throwing punches is they get tired. And the best defense is to punch the snot out of the other guy in boxing. Not in the street. I'm not advocating violence. You media matters wackos. I'm talking about fight sports, not fighting. <laughs> They're different. We clear on that, Joe? Oh, yeah. These nutbags at media <laughs> matters. But in boxing, if you keep punching your opponent endlessly, he's not thinking about punching you. He's thinking about, damn, this hurts. <laughs> That's how it works. It also... So when I when I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, people tell me I waste a lot of energy in the guard, which is the bottom position. You get your legs wrapped around the opponent. I like being in the bottom in guard. I don't mind it at all because I have super strong legs. People always say, oh, you waste a lot of energy. You go for stuff that's not there. No, no, I'm going for stuff that's not there because I know how you're going to react because I'm then going to go for something else when you react. <laughs> the best of uh, The best defense is a good offense. Because then you don't have to worry about defense. That's what I'm telling you about this space. That's why we don't see Twitter and Facebook. That's why I don't get off it. 
We destroy people on Twitter who come after us every single day. Ideologically, that is. Mm-hmm. I had this big fight on Twitter with Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold, remember the the hack who used to be married to his claim to fame is being married to Roseanne. Mm-hmm. This guy yeah. came after me on Twitter. He came after me. I didn't. I don't. I usually don't. Typically, don't initiate fights on Twitter. But if you start with me on Twitter, I go right back. Arnold got crushed, devastated on a liberal platform. I think I got six thousand five hundred retweets on my my counterattack. He got six hundred fifty. You may say, "Oh, this is petty. We're going after each other." No, no, folks. This is a fight here. This is an ideological fight. There's no backing down. There's no, hey, I'm going to sit on the sidelines and watch this. You may not agree with my approach. That's okay. But make no mistake, these people are vicious. Yeah. We can't back away. We go in and take their platforms. It was the same point I made last week with these Christian-based movies. Go buy a ticket. I'm probably, yeah, now I can only imagine it's out now. And you got the movie about Paul with Jim Caviezel. I got to buy a ticket to that too. Sometimes I see the movie. Sometimes I don't even see them. Folks support their movies. They say, well, we're supporting Hollywood. No, we're not. We're taking it over. There's a difference. There's a difference. Liberals have been doing this for years. They've been moving their activism. You want the perfect example, Joe? Mm -hmm. Colin Kaepernick. You may say, oh, what are you two, a conspiracy theorist? No, Colin Kaepernick, I'm sure, acted individually in the beginning. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was really nudged by some, you know, by some coordinated cabal of liberals. But when he started, Joe, mm-hmm. liberals are genius. They knew NFL football was largely, you know, a, a relatively conservative audience, middle America, people they've always wanted to take back in the ideological space. So what do they do? They move right in. All of a sudden, all the liberal groups loved Colin Kaepernick. This is genius. They move into our space and they take it over and they dominate it. What do we do? Some of us are like, well, we need to take our toys and go home and get off Twitter. Why? I've got 400,000 people following me on their space. We own it. We go into Hollywood, we make them act in our movies. Yeah, you liberal frauds. You're going to act in a biblical-based movie. How do you like that? You're going to advocate for Christian values. How do you like them tomatoes? Oh, no. Oh, no. You don't like that, do you? (laughs) Daddy don't like that. Too bad. You want to make money? We're going to take over your space. Yeah. How does that sound? We're not going to go quiet on Twitter. You want to kick us off and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube? That's fine. But we're going to keep producing videos. We're going to keep producing videos and content every day until you've put out the last candle. You've snuffed out the last candle on Twitter. (laughs) That's okay, because then what's going to happen? The same way you snuffed out voices in the media in the Walter Cronkite era, and you monopolized the media. What happened? Conservatives eventually got savvy. A couple of people who had worked for Republican politicians said, I got an idea. They snuffed this out of the mainstream media. Let's do our own thing. And then you saw Fox News. They can't win. Reminds me of uh, Rocky Four, Adrian, at the top of the stairs. You can't win, Rock! 
You can't win. Poor Rocky's devastated. They can't win, folks. Why? Because as I've said to you over and over, we dance here. We dance here. You know, the revolutionary spirit is never died. People who came to this country with the desire to be free, passed whatever genetic combination they had that made them warriors for freedom, passed them down to you. Not only that, the immigrant generation, like my uh, you know Italian grandparents that came here, came here because they did not they did not want to live in a system where they felt like their their candle was being snuffed out. They wanted to light their candle somewhere else. They passed that gene code down to me. We're not our candles aren't going to be put out. We're going to dance. We're not going to lose this in the long run. That's why I encourage everybody, and I did that show that day, despite you know my leanings to not do it for reasons for other reasons because we dance this is our fight it's a lifelong generational fight to preserve freedom and liberty and to constantly fight back and to go on offense folks they can't win they will never ever snuff that last candle out all we'll keep doing is lighting fires elsewhere and that's what we're doing now Sorry, I really only meant to spend like 15 minutes on that, but it's an important, important debate. Um, you know, one more thing on it. Sorry, <laughs> this is important, <laughs> folks. This is one of some of the most critical content I've done in a long time. The liberals have not stopped with net neutrality. As I said in yesterday's show, net neutrality is their vehicle to get regulatory dominance over the internet and find ways through practices to squelch conservatives. Remember, under net neutrality, almost all charging practices on the internet. When I say charging practices, I mean how how you uh, pay for Netflix. Remember, that's the whole premise of net neutrality is you're going to treat a bit as a bit as a bit. That the net is neutral and that internet service providers can't, quote, discriminate on content. I've told you this is a Trojan horse. If you are a conservative, you are being suckered by net neutrality. Because once you allow the government to regulate the internet under the premise that we're going to treat every bit equally, people get treated unequally. And what happened? What was one of the first things that happened in the net neutrality fight when Obama's team passed it, Joe? What did they go after? Hmm. You know, the idea was that, hey, we're going to we don't want rich people to have fast lanes on the Internet to get their content faster. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's not what happened first, folks. The first battle they waged in net neutrality was against zero rating. You know what zero rating is? It was companies giving away free Internet as long as you went to their website. Free. Free. They were giving stuff away free. That was the first thing the government went after. Not the rich people. They went after poor people who could not afford big internet package plans, who companies said, you know what, we'll just give it to you for free as long as you get onto our website. That was the first battle they fought. This had nothing to do with rich people and fast lanes. All charging practices will be reviewed under net neutrality. And then what's going to happen next? This is why Facebook is so afraid. It's funny how people argue, Joe, that a bit is a bit is a bit. Yeah. But it's not on Facebook. Do you notice that, Joe? Mm. You have things in your timeline on Facebook mm-hmm. that are there because Facebook decided it, not you. 
Yeah. You think Facebook doesn't know this? The news feed you have on Facebook, folks, is not free of discretion. By fa- Facebook decides what gets there and what doesn't. They say, oh, we're doing it based on your likes. Really? Because sometimes I go on Twitter and the suggestions who to follow come up like Barack Obama. How did that happen? A bit is not a bit is not a bit. Facebook understands this. They understand their charging practices, Twitter and likewise. All of them will come up in the future if net neutrality passes. They are afraid of liberals. That is why they cater them. This is all important stuff, folks. This is the next battle on the horizon. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Filter By. There's a lot of screamers out there on social media screaming about the environment and pollution. But they scream and yell, but they probably haven't changed their air filters in forever. I can only imagine what the indoor air in their houses and businesses, how polluted that is. I'll bet a lot of them haven't changed their air filter in a long time, likely since it was installed. It's a simple thing, but it can make a huge difference in the quality of the air you breathe at home. Go visit my friends at FilterBuy, that's B-U-Y, FilterBuy.com. They're America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Depending on, they'll, whatever you got, you got a small business with 100 filters, these are your guys. You got a home with just a few, they're your guys too. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, which is cool. All ship free within 24 hours, and they're manufactured right here in America. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options, all the way up to hospital grade. So you'll be removing dangerous mold, dust, pollen, and all kinds of allergy-aggravating junk and pollution out of the air. And you'll keep your uh, your system running at peak efficiency. It'll save you some money, too. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, which is cool because you'll never have to think about air filters again. I, I don't want to think about that. Set, I you know, set them up for once a year, whatever it is. It's easy. Save money, save time, breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's filterbuy.com, filterbuy.com. Love those guys. Thanks for supporting the show. Okay. Uh, Moving on here. So I said I would get into this, the case to fire Mueller. This is another important case. I know this is going to be a little controversial, folks, and I understand. There are going to be a lot of, and to be fair, candid, and open here, there are a lot of even conservative Republicans who I'm friendly with who would say this is a horrible idea because it's going to elicit a political backlash and that political backlash is going to consume and harm Trump. Folks, let me make the case first. This has turned into a limitless post-red line unilateral investigation on behalf of Bob Mueller that is completely unhinged from criminality. What I mean by this is They are not investigating collusion anymore. They are investigating Trump. There's a difference. What makes the American justice system peerless and unique throughout human history is we don't investigate people or target people. We target crimes. Think about that. This is important. I've discussed this before, but it's a critical distinction. When I was a cop, you were not allowed to walk. Well, you can try it, but you're going to be left out of the place. You don't walk into a police station and say, hey, listen, I don't like Joe Armacost, my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So can you do me a favor? Can you open an investigation? I'll be honest with you. If I investigate Joe or if Joe were to investigate me, Joe is going to find a crime. Yeah, you too. And I'm going to find a crime on Joe. You know. And he may say, what are you saying? You and Joe are criminals? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there are so many statutes on the books at the federal, state, or local level that I promise you if I follow Joe around long enough, I can nab him for jaywalking. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You've jaywalked, right? Probably in the last six months oh, or so. Oh, yeah, many times. <laughs> I think I did it twice yesterday yeah. alone. Right? Folks, everybody is a criminal. 
That's why we don't investigate people. We investigate crimes because the justice system would be bogged down with personal, not professional criminal investigative gripes. Right. We don't do that. You go into the police station, you say Joe Armacost mugged me last night, which we know good Joe would never do. But then it's different. This is a serious crime. It requires investigation. It might have been Joe. It might not have been. The neighbor may not have liked Joe, may file a false police report. We don't know. But we do investigate serious crimes and a mugging, a robbery. That would that would qualify. We don't investigate and target people. Folks, this case has gotten entirely out of the criminal realm, and it is now a targeting of Donald Trump because now it is a a political fight. I want to be crystal clear on that. This is no longer a criminal investigation. They're using a criminal investigation, but it is a political fight against Donald Trump by people who are... Their sole concern is getting him out of office. And I have a really great article at the show notes today at Bongino.com and the Washington Examiner by David Drucker. It's a really good piece on the political realm of this, this investigation. Now, it's time to fire Mueller. Why? Because Mueller will find the crime, folks. We have already seen Mueller will find the crime on any of you. Mueller found the crime on Mike Flynn. Even though the FBI said in, in, uh, in Jim Comey's testimony, they didn't believe Mike Flynn was dishonest. They still found Mike Flynn dishonest, even though they said he wasn't dishonest. They're inventing crimes. Same thing with Papadopoulos. We find Manafort. Manafort, I don't, I, Manafort may or may not have committed crimes here. But the point is, none of this is related to collusion, which is why Bob Mueller was appointed special counsel. I don't believe a lot of the stuff going on out there in the Internet that Bob Mueller may be a white hat or a good guy in the sky. I don't believe it. I'm sorry. I don't believe it at all. The unbelievably malicious and disingenuous prosecution of Mike Flynn is prima facie evidence that Mueller is not a good guy. Mueller does not like Trump. Mueller has severe conflicts of interest of his own on the business side. On his past as the FBI director during the Uranium One deal, Mueller, Mueller's chief of staff, what John Carlin was one of the guys in the uh, Department of Justice National Security Division who had to have been aware of the spying operation against Trump. Mueller is deeply conflicted. He's a personal friend to Jim Comey. He is clearly going after Trump right now on the personal side. Folks, I've got bad news for you. They will find something because that's what they do. Now, do we believe that this is a dishonest tactic or not? It is. This is a dishonest, disingenuous, horrendous, horrible way to proceed with the, the basically the de facto impeachment of a president. This may not be formal impeachment yet, Joe, mm-hmm. but it is, in fact, an impeachment going on right now. The Democrats lost an election. And hired Bob Mueller to get rid of the president. I absolutely believe that. Now, it's time to fire Bob Mueller. There is more than enough reason to do this. Bob Mueller is out over his skis. Bob Mueller has not found any evidence of collusion at all at this point. You could appoint a different special prosecutor. Because the special counsel isn't going to go anywhere. Appoint someone who's going to be reasonable and focus on the Russians. Because the Russians have nothing to do with Trump. That's how you offset the policy. You may say, Dan, I thought you were telling me the special counsel's bad. It's awful. It's a horrible thing. But here's the solution. Get rid of Mueller. Put someone fair-minded in there. 
rewrite the uh, the charter on this to focus exclusively on the Russians, not on people. That's not what we do. Hire another special counsel to investigate the FISA abuses in the cases, and then you'll finally have a perimeter fence around this thing. This has become a limitless rogue organization designed to take down the president. That's the tactical measure. On the political front, there are, I know there are going to be some people listening to this, and I get it, and I appreciate your feedback, as always. I know some of you are going to say, the political backlash would be overwhelming. Would it? Read this Drucker piece in the Washington Examiner in the show notes today. Are you sure? And and folks, this is crazy because usually I'll read a piece and then get an idea about what to do on the show. <laughs> I on my life, I was doing this on the show, and I get I'm on the Washington Examiner email list, and then this article came in, which confirmed <laughs> almost everything I said, which rarely happens. Usually, a piece inspires me to talk. Um, the the political fight here. Do. The assertion by some people who think firing Mueller would be a bad move, Joe, is that the politics are so bad, they will lead to the impeachment of Donald Trump and the downfall of his presidency. Here's what I really think is going to happen. All right. He fires Mueller. Don't do it on a Friday. Don't hide it. You know the Friday news dump, Joe? Oh, yeah. Do it on a Monday morning at 9 a.m. Have a press conference. Lay out the reasons. Do it in a clear, concise, non-emotional Rational, no tweets necessary on this one. Although I don't mind Trump's use of Twitter, I really don't. But this is this has to be done the right way. He is out over his skis. He has exceeded his mandate. There is still no evidence of Russian collusion. The investigation has clearly been sidetracked by an investigation into the president with no justification to do so, which Joe, it's important, Mm -hmm. is distracting from the real investigation, which is Russian involvement in the United States election cycle. We are going to appoint a new special counsel. We are going to rewrite the mandate to focus on that, which is a grave problem. And we're going to appoint another special counsel to investigate FISA abuses that occurred during the election. The me- oh, my God. I can see it now, Joe. Let me act this out. Let me see my face. The media is going to go. That was ugly, right? The media is going to go wild. They will. Democrat lawmakers, shifty shift. Swampy Swalwell, all the Democrats, Flaky Flake, they're all going to lose their minds. Ah, impeach! Get him out of here! Ah! Oh, Flavor Flake. <laughs> flavor Flake, yeah. Do we have Flavor? You have, you have that drop? Yeah, boy! I love Flavor growing up, man. I did. I, <laughs> I'm serious, man. I'm just telling you the truth. Um, they'll go nuts. They'll go nuts for a week. There will be demands for everything from impeachment to the guillotine to public hanging to public torture and waterboarding because that's what liberals do. They lose their minds. But ultimately, they will not impeach. Mueller, who has clearly exceeded his mandate and is involved in a personal vendetta against Trump, will be gone. You will have a free and fair election. uh, Excuse me, a free and fair investigation. The investigation will be closed out. It'll probably find some Russian interference in the United States election cycle over many cycles. We'll do what we can and everybody will move on and the country will be better for it. Now, you may say, but Dan, you never asked the question as to why, you know, the political fight, because I said to you, the political fight for the left is a loser. Well, the trucker piece sums it up, uh, but, you know, sums up what I was already thinking. 
the problem, folks, and what's going to get in the way of the left winning a political battle for impeachment is you. Donald Trump has an unbelievably loyal base of followers spread out strategically throughout swing states and congressional districts in the entire country. Don't think for a cold, hard second that congressmen and senators don't know that. They'll talk, they'll bluster, shifty shift, flaky flake. They'll be out there, they'll scream and yell. Lindsey Graham, this the, oh my God, the the world is coming to an end. Martians attack. Uh, you'll hear all that garbage. It'll be like Tom Cruise in War of the Worlds, right? Bottom line is when push comes to shove, they'll take a, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Let me just, I'll give you the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario, because you only need a majority in the House of Representatives to impeach. The Democrats take back the House in the midterms and they narrowly vote on articles of impeachment and they win. But remember, folks, familiarize yourself with the process is important. Voting on articles of impeachment does not mean you're removed from office. Yeah. Bill Clinton was impeached. You all know that, right? That's right. Bill Clinton was not removed from office because why? Because it's a two-step process. Mm -hmm. An impeachment is like an indictment. When you're indicted, it doesn't mean you're convicted. Worst case scenario I see, Democrats win back the House in 2020. Excuse me, 2018, this election. uh, Forgive me. Democrats win back the House in 2018. They win back the House. They have a narrow margin. They vote in the majority, no Republicans, even if a few Republicans do vote to impeach. Trump gets impeached like Clinton did. Trump goes to the Senate, but in the Senate, folks, it's not a majority. It's 67%. You have 100 senators, that'd be 67. Do you really think you are going to get 67 senators to vote to remove Trump from office? Folks, even if the Democrats took back the Senate by a slim margin, say 52, 48, 53, 47, I'm telling you there's not a snowball's chance in hell you are going to get 10 to 15 Republicans from swing states to vote to impeach Trump. Folks, there would be a political mutiny. Trump voters would be calcified, and there's evidence that this has happened. It's already happened during the impeachment of Bill Clinton, who left office with 60% approval, despite being impeached, because people saw the whole thing, Joe, as ah, BS. Yeah. Yeah. They saw the whole thing as garbage. Now, if this was substantive and Trump had actually colluded with the Russians, which is garbage, it would be different. I believe the American people would say, hey, we're in a lot of trouble. It's time to get rid of this guy. Hence why public opinion turned on Richard Nixon. There was actual evidence there that some really malicious stuff had happened and that the White House may have been read in on the program. Public opinion turned quickly. Public opinion isn't turning on Donald Trump and his base isn't going anywhere because he didn't do anything. Fire Mueller. There will be no impeachment as a result. I'm banking my professional reputation on it. Fire this guy. The media will lose their minds. It'll be about five days of hell on CNN, MSNBC, and with the flaky flakes of the world. There'll be a few Republican House members. Oh, the Republic is fallen. Oh, be screaming and yelling. It's all, it's all fluff. It's all for cable news appearances. It'll die down. You'll have an impeachment hearing. The American people see right through it. 
Remember, during that impeachment hearing show, they're going to have to produce what? Evidence. evidence. They're not going to have evidence of squat. They're not going to have evidence of a darn thing during the impeachment trial in the Senate. They're going to lose, go down in flames, and they're going to look like a bunch of complete losers. Fire Mueller. I, I thought about, you know, I don't, I, everything I do on the show, I deliberate about for a long time. I don't say things, well, I do say some things out of emotion, but not usually tactically. I I've have, a I think, a pretty decent political sense when it comes to strategy here. Yeah. Fire Mueller. Mueller, here's, here are your choices, folks. You keep Mueller on board, he is going to find a crime. If he has to uh, you know, find Donald Trump for obstruction of justice, for executing his constitutional role, if he has to find Donald Trump guilty of jaywalking, of aggregated cough suppression on the fader in this 16th degree like Joe was guilty of last week, <laughs> according to our listener, felonious mopery in the umpteenth degree, Piracy on the open seas. He will find Trump guilty of something. Those are your choices. He is after Trump. He is not after crimes. Or your choices are weathering a political backlash, a potential impeachment vote, but later on, the absolution of Donald Trump in a trial in the Senate. They can't win. There is no political power in impeaching Donald Trump. You don't have it. Trump's got the will of the people. You don't. Joe. Impeachment is not a criminal process. It is a political one. People you vote into office vote to impeach and vote to convict in the Senate. Mm -hmm. These people are afraid of you. I don't mean violently. Again, I'm not a leftist. I mean they are afraid of your political power. If you are a senator in a swing state that Trump won and you take a vote to remove this guy from office, you are done. Your political career is over. The reason Flake Joe is so... Brave, again, dreaded air quotes here, yes. is because Flake can't win his own primary in Arizona. So he's not running again. Now all of a sudden he's brave. They can't win. Fire. You like this? You're like, you like today's show? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm saying about I'm, Flake. I'm watching. Yeah, Flakey Flake. He can't Flakey. cut the mustard, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Today's show also brought. I got one more story to get through, so it's important. Don't go anywhere. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Thanks for all the feedback on Field of Greens. I told you this stuff tasted good. You think I make... Listen, if this Field of Greens, which is Brickhouse Nutrition's fruit and vegetable powder, um, it's not... It's, it's actual ground-up fruits and vegetables. Blueberries, raspberries, cherries. Uh, it has uh, kale. It has greens in it. This stuff is fantastic. I begged them to put this out there. But I told you it tastes good. I think people, when they hear a fruit and vegetable, ground-up fruit and vegetable powder, they think it's going to taste horrible. Mm-hmm. I, I, a lot, I'm getting emails from tons of people. One guy said... He goes, the first time I had it didn't taste so good because I didn't mix it in. Well, well, what did you do? Like put a spoon of it in your mouth? <laughs> then he's like, then when I mixed it up, he goes, You're, I swear, Joe, this is email. He goes, it tastes great. It tastes like cherry, licorice, a little bit of blueberry in it. I love this stuff. I put it in everything. I put it in green tea, both warm and cold. I put it in V8. The V V eight I put in tastes a little rough, but not because of this because V eight tastes a little rough. I just drink it because it's good for you. I like V eight. They're not even an advertiser, so I don't even know. But the field of greens is really, really good stuff. Folks, fruits and vegetables, voluminous consumption of fruits and vegetables. Any doctor, any nutrition scientist, anybody credible in the field of nutrition will tell you is the key to good health in the long run. 
We don't even know all the beneficial components of fruits and vegetables, but we know people who eat them live better, long, more productive, more, more uh, cognitive-oriented lives. I, saw, I told you about that study I saw in Drudge, fruits and vegetable eaters and brain health. Yeah. Folks, this is the key to good health, good energy. It's really, really terrific stuff. I strongly encourage you to give it a shot. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick yourself up a bottle of Field of Greens today. This is real good, wholesome food. It is ground up into a powder. They get the water out of it. This is food. This is not extracts. It's not fake food. It's not a supplement. This is the fruits and vegetables you should be eating every day, but a lot of us don't have time to. It's like an insurance plan. Go check this stuff out. You will not regret it. It is my staple of my nutrition program. It's called Field of Greens. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com. Slash Dan. All right. I had a ton of other things to get to. Maybe we'll finish them off tomorrow. But this one's important because a while back, Joe, you and I, uh, uh, we said, I don't know if someone heard us. I don't want to take credit for it. Maybe they just thought of it on their own. It wasn't a, you know, I, I thought it was a particularly ingenious idea, but someone yeah. else may have thought of it first. But I said to you about the tax cuts. Do you remember that the, the Trump tax cuts, the Democrat talking point on it, Joe, was, well, the tax cuts for corporations are yeah. permanent, but the income tax cuts on individuals sunset after 10 years. And yeah. folks, to be that. clear, that is correct. Mm -hmm. But the Democrats were painting it as a, hey, look what the Republicans did for you. They're benefiting those corporations. They were screwing you over because your tax cuts are going to disappear after 10 years. Well, two things about that. Number one, those tax cuts were are, are, are sunsetting after 10 years because the Democrats threatened to filibuster making them permanent. It is as simple <laughs> as that. They used the reconciliation process where they needed 51 votes, the Republicans, to pass these things only because the Democrats threatened to filibuster if they didn't use reconciliation. Now, it gets complicated, but here's the takeaway. Those tax cuts would have been permanent if the Democrats wanted them to be. It was the Democrats that blocked the permanent uh, status of the income tax cuts because the corporate... It's a complicated reconciliation set of rules about 10-year budget windows and costing or saving the government money. But they could make the corporate ones permanent because of those rules, but they couldn't do it with the income tax cuts. They needed some Democrats to support them on it. They would not. So the Republicans were forced to sunset them in 10 years, number one. Number two. The only reason the tax cuts would inspire expire on the uh, on the income tax side, the personal side, in ten years, is because Democrats want them to expire. What are they saying? They're not going to vote for them in ten years. It's an entirely disingenuous talking point. So I had said during the show, Joe, I'm hoping someone picked it up. I said, Republicans, if you're smart, right before the election in the midterms of 2018, you'll throw round two. Of these tax cuts out there and round two of the bill will be to make the income tax cuts permanent. <laughs> well, that's what's coming down the pipeline now, folks. Democrats, be careful what you ask for, because now what's the conundrum the Democrats, Joe, and the liberal groups find themselves in now? They're all on YouTube and they're all on the record saying, man, 
man, you got screwed over. These tax cuts aren't permanent, which the Republicans are going to promptly play right before the 2018 election and say, okay, here's a bill making the income tax cuts permanent 2018. Where are you, Nance? Wait, wait, Nance. Nance, hey. Nance, hey. Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pay. Nancy Pay. That's you on YouTube talking about and complaining about how the tax cuts aren't permanent. Here is the bill. Making tax cuts permanent for 2018. Here's Nancy Pelosi's vote. No thanks. Nay. Niet. No. Nada. This is a genius move. You know, I have a lot of criticism for swampy Republicans a lot because they do a lot of dumb stuff. But I've got to give them a round of applause. I sincerely doubt they got the idea from me. They may. Who knows? I probably got it from someone else up on the hill. I can't, I can't take credit for that. But it is a genius, genius tactical move. You want to complain about the non-permanence of the income tax ones? Put that bill out there. Start dancing. Get these Democrats on the record right before the election. Run. Here's what you run. Here's your campaign spots. All these Democrats, this was their unified talking point that the tax cuts on the income side were not permanent. Get those clips. Get them ready to go. Get a screenshot of their vote. Get a screenshot of their vote, run their clip, and then show the American people what hypocrites these liberals are. They were making it up the whole time. They blocked making them permanent, and they will block making these tax cuts permanent again. Now it's time to get their cabooses on the record. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please check out my NRA TV show tonight, available for free at nratv.com. Uh, NRATV.com is also available on Roku and Amazon Fire. It's at 5.30 p.m. live Eastern time. Check it out. Thanks for all the feedback on that. I really appreciate it. And please subscribe to my email list at Bongino.com. Thanks a lot. See you. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.